Hi, you guys. Welcome to Cabernet and A. Keegan Allen. Hello, Cabernet and A. Are you a wine drinker, Keegan? I don't indulge. I enjoy people that do. Mr. Norman Buckley, director of Pretty Little Lies. Thank you for asking me. The writers and Marley know what the final word is going to be. Absolutely. They're not making it up. Does the actor who plays A know that he or she is playing A? Uh, I can't answer that. Uh, it was worth a shot. Officer Barry Maple, Jim Titus! I am in Academy right now. So. Oh, yeah! I'm about a battle in, so don't get me in any trouble. Would anyone like a glass of Cabernet? Episode. It is going to be a very exciting episode. There's lots of chat about oh, guys. We have all of the things to talk about before we do that. Let's get to the business. Let's do the business. Chelsea got a great wine this oh, week. Thank you. Uh, it's a 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon from Substance. Uh, in a, it's a Washington State vineyard. Um, 13.5% alcohol, which you know means a lot to us. Um, but it's really lovely. It's very smooth. Um, it's just like a nice, like it tastes a little bit like more expensive than yeah. I feel like what we're used to. I agree. I mean, as much as I drink wine, I still don't know like anything about it, but I like the flavor. Yeah. And yeah, the, the label on the bottle sort of just caught my eye because it looks like a periodic table, like yeah. element. And that just seemed fun to me. It's dry. It's not too, it's not sweet at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice, it's a nice red. Yeah. It's very, you know, like even full-bodied, oaky words, wine words. That's, like, I, sort of how it tastes. I had wine at a know. meeting today, and I was like, this wine has good mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> my coworker would not let it go. He's like, mouthfeel? How's your mouth feeling now after that sip? And I was just like, shut up. It's a thing. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Because it was, like, silky. Anyway. Just get on my mouth. Next time I'm making out with a guy, I was going to say that. You have good mouthfeel. You have feel. good mouthfeel. If you guys are listening to us, thank you. You're listening to us on Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes. Please subscribe and give us all the stars you see fit. We don't have any new reviews this week, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but we do have um, some great jumping off conversation points. Oh, yeah. Uh, Should we start with those? Let's do the episode first and then, and then we'll that? chat okay, about great. that because there's just a lot to yeah, talk thank about. For, thank you for so much. Back to us. It was really exciting to yeah. um we had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, to to chat with you guys and we're gonna do that um after we talk to talk about the episode that we watched tonight, which was The Silence of Elam. I can't believe that we haven't like Sue and I each checked our Google spreadsheet multiple times yeah. to make sure we hadn't already analyzed this episode because I feel like we talk about it. We like yeah. Lovey Lamb. He's big still, Rhonda, also amazing. And the actor who plays Eddie Lamb still has like been MIA from Twitter practically since the time he's we been silent. He's been silent since this episode because legit, like very soon after this episode, I I was tweeting at him to like come on the podcast. And then he just never logged on to Twitter. That was legit, like, I mean, at some point last year, during yeah. season 5A. And he just, like, hasn't been on Twitter. Now, I can't confirm that. I haven't checked it in, like, the past couple of months. But there was, like, many, many never months happened. when yeah. he wasn't on Twitter. And we were like, oh, my God, Elam was really silent. And but, then um, he's just in Halo commercials. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. But yeah, I think I've always enjoyed this episode. I think a lot happens. I think just broad strokes before we dive into it. I mean, Ari volunteers at Radley. She finds these insane drawings that Bethany supposedly drew. She meets her old roommate, Big Rhonda, and I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions about what those drawings by Bethany may have, you yeah. know, what the uh, implications might have been there. So, let's let's uh, start. Where are we going to start, So, um, My first note is, there was a kid, there's an extra with a man bun, Oh yeah. and then I wrote, <laughs> teenage boy bun? <laughs> Because he wasn't yet a man. Uh, adolescent fun. <laughs> adolescent fun. Um, but uh, the beginning of the episode starts with them talking about how Emily's mom is in town. And she's like, I think that you should have Allie over for dinner. Ugh. And Allie's very dubious because she was just strangled in her living room, which would yes. make one dubious. Absolutely. I mean, that's that 
Yeah. That would you stress don't me out. Trust no bad. Yeah. That's, that's how she is right I would there. trust zero the bays. I would be very anxious had I been yeah. strangled in my own home. So I'll give that one to Allie. Um, also, she was very worried about people looking at the bruises on her neck. And I was just kind of like, you're a teenager, say they're hickeys. Right. Like, like that's serious. Or just like, Allie, you used to be so badass. Just be like, I'm into that. Yeah, like, I like, fell off my motorcycle and my neck broke my fall. Yeah, like, like that's the oldest. Excuse you're the girl in the book. who just I literally <laughs> told a coworker the other day. No, you didn't. <laughs> definitely did not. Maybe I did. Um, but Ali's dubious also because Emily's mom's a planner, which has come into play a bunch of times with like Ali and Emily's mom. I feel like right. there was another time where there was like the whole cranberry sauce excuse, and she's like, "Your mom would never forget cranberry sauce." Oh, right. That was the tell. Um, so that's Emily's tell is her mom. Uh, and this is also a time when we had badass Hannah. I fucking miss drunk, dicky Hannah. Hannah who just does not give a fuck. No, I love it. And I noticed that this is also a great time for Allie's wardrobe because this is when Allie dressed the way that we knew Hannah to dress before, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. It was like, so Hannah had to go badass because... Hannah had taken over Allie's persona. Yep. And now Hannah's trying to find herself, and Allie's back in that, like, fashionista place. But it was just, like, just watching her, I I don't know if she had gained weight or not, but, like, she just looked lovely. Oh, she looked amazing, because... She was just wearing, like... She was wearing normal, cute clothes. Exactly. (laughs) I was like, she's just wearing, like, age-appropriate for this show. I mean, this show... Guys, who? wore blazers that often in school. No, not me. I My whole life is basically built around not owning a blazer. I don't even know if, I mean, like, when the last time I wore a blazer was. Like, I love, there's been a couple of times with comedy where people have asked me, like, to wear, like, business-appropriate clothing, and I'm like, I don't, for, I don't have. To perform? For, like, sketches and stuff. Oh, like, it's I was like, like More than once where, where people like, have been like, Oh, can you wear like office clothes? Because I think a lot of comedians right. like as, like assume that because I have an office job, you have office clothes. I have office clothing. That's not how it works in TV. No, it's not how it works in digital either. Like, one of I remember I went on an interview when I was in high school still at the Spin the Bottle Studios for um, pop up video, and my mom made me wear a suit, and I looked fucking ridiculous because oh everyone was in like t-shirt and jeans and like and I just looked so overdressed and I felt so ridiculous that I was just like nope never again when I first moved to the city I to do this uh, fellowship program that I got into I bought like three suits I was like we're doing it and then you wore I'm one and then it, make it after all. yeah I wore it like once, once and then everyone and I was like, like I'm an asshole yeah no one dresses like this <laughs> and then the next day I came to work in pajamas so yeah yeah no it's just it's a certain industry thing and I feel like if you work in entertainment or even digital space and you're wearing a suit no one trusts you I don't even think like who wears if you guys wear suits uh tweet at us yeah if, then I want to know what, I want to know who wears suits. but also like I don't like lady suits because they're often like broad shoulder enhancing right. uh-huh, uh-huh. and I don't feel like I need that enhancement right we have enough natural shoulder yeah yeah I've got enough shoulder to give people yeah absolutely any hoodle out of the bathroom in the scene that we're talking about the very first intro scene walks none other than one of our favorite or least favorite however you're gauging it Felicia's <laughs> of season five yeah floppy Sydney. lips herself yeah old floppy lips <laughs> The fuck happened? Like I, the thing that I think is so perplexing about this character, other than her worthlessness, is how much um, like press Marlene and Co did about like. Do you remember they were doing yeah. interviews that was like we were waiting to get this actress to play this part for whatever since like you know the dawn of Christ, and we're like, what perfect like. I guess I get, okay, you maybe in season two or three had an idea for this actress to play a character. She wasn't available. Now she's available. Now the original idea you had wasn't relevant anymore, and then you tried to sandwich her. But, like, what? 
she, if she never existed, if you just cut out every scene she was in, the show would still make complete sense, arguably <laughs> maybe more sense. Like, then yeah. she just never came back, and they never explained. She, I, I'm going to go make a bold statement and say, and there were lots of Felicia's on this past couple seasons. I'm going to go out a limb and say she was maybe the most pointless. I could even get on board with, oh, man. with, That's with, like with Sober Coach yeah. before her. Wow. Right? Is that wow. crazy? I could get on board with fake Chris Hardwick before. I was about to say, it. I was like, that is fake Chris Hardwick. That is, um, who else was I just thinking of with fake Chris Hardwick? Um, Jake? I'm not mad about Jake, though. He's no, mad. I was never ma- mad about Jake. Because he's gorgeous, but he seemed even a just... little bit more relevant. Like I feel like I, I feel like I understood for Jake. Just wise, just wise, oh, that's that's Lance Bass wise. saying my name, and that's my new ringtone. I'm sorry, guys, that I um, forsook you, forsaked you. <laughs> I changed my do 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 tippy to Lance Bass saying my name is my ringtone. Um, sorry, Lindsay, I'll call you back. You'll never listen to this podcast. But <laughs> I can understand the point of Faker's Hardwick in terms of, like, love interests, like, trying to fuck yeah. shit up. I can understand Jake. Sydney just makes no goddamn sense. I think Sydney was, like, the whole point of her was Red Herring Town. But, like, the thing that, like, they always made it seem like it was just, like, they paired her so closely with Jenna. Yeah. And they made her look like Jenna, which yeah. was kind of forced because I don't think those two actresses don't really. look a heck of a lot like each other besides being white girls with dark hair. Like, I feel like if I put you in a room with Jenna, you might look more like. <laughs> like but, right. like, I just, um, it's funny because they made it seem like also, like, this is just an actress we really want to work with, which... No shade to her, but I feel like she's got very Nickelodeon delivery in a way. No shade to Nickelodeon. That's interesting. But like, That's a good way to. Put you know it. what I'm saying? Like, it's even like or Mickey Mouse acting, where it's like, yes. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. That's it. Like, she's got a little kids kid incorporated show. In yeah, her. it's a kid show delivery, and it's nothing to say about like those shows being bad or whatever. It's just like it's that's delivery. the delivery that child actors often have. Is that what's your fucking deal? I don't think that she was, like, a super-duper young actress. Huh. Why, did, yeah, why did anyone give a shit about her? Why in the world would Marlene and co. be like, this, this bitch? Is this is it. This we is it. We gotta get her. She was on the George Lopez show, um, the yeah. first one. Yeah, the she was on one. Desperate Housewives. Okay. Just as a voice, though. Oh, the video game. Desperate Housewives, the game. Oh, my God! The video game. What a treat. She played Zoe on Freddy, the Freddie Prince Jr. show that everybody loves. What? That was a... What? When did Freddie Prince Jr. have a show? From 2005 to 2006. There were 22 episodes. On what network? Was uh, it a variety show? I, I. It's like everything that I know is wrong. Everything that's once was up is now down. Freddie Prince Jr. had a show? The weirdest thing is, is that the last episode is called Pilot. All right, so we hate this bitch, and we're over it. Um, another exciting thing about this oh, episode. Oh, she was in, like, a spinoff of Legally Blondes. So, oh, no sorry. Way. Legally Blondes. <laughs> Anywho. Fucking God. So, um, one of our comedy pals, well, I mean, I don't know if she'd even know me on the street. I haven't seen her in probably seven years, but yeah. Helen I'm Hong. Hong. Shout out to Helen Hong. Cheers, Helen. That was amazing cameo she she was the one playing the like art teacher in radley Mm -hmm. so that was fun yeah she did did a great great job job. (laughs) telling aria to get you know spread out the pictures and she calmed down big Rhonda like a pro so let's yeah talk about that scene i mean so basically big Rhonda, who we learn is was bethany's roommate when bethany was at radley is pissed because aria took some drawings from her room and big Rhonda sees and Ari's just trying to do her, you know, be on, on her, like, detective shit. Yeah. And Big Rhonda just doesn't understand. Big Rhonda doesn't see the bigger picture, and it's not her fault. So she becomes agitated, as Radley patients are wont to do. Well, I mean, to be fair, what did you think was going to happen when you stole a mental patient's belongings? True. True, though. Like, True. I feel like she kind of overstep boundaries and then yeah. was like scared that she's like why is she why is she upset right like, it's like because he stole, he stole shit. shit yeah 
Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then uh, Eddie Lamb is big in this episode. Oh, come on. I, I just, I love the character of Eddie Lamb, and I just, I feel like I would love the dude who plays Eddie Lamb, who, like, he couldn't use in tonight. I should have Googled it, and I didn't, so sorry. But I just, he's such a warm, lovely guy. Just such a well-intended gentleman, don't you think? Don't you just get, like, a well, warmness? You just feel like Eddie's that guy. Like, get a Reggie new job. Austin. Reggie. Reggie. That's why I like him. Reggie's such a friendly name. It's like, it's your first day at the office, and Reggie's the dude who comes up and is just like, hey, hey. Do you know where the supply closet is when they show you? Did you get the spiral bound notebooks you needed? <laughs> I want right. to help you find that. Well, he um, dropped off pictures at Ezra's. He dropped off the, the drawing to Ezra. And the last line that we ever hear Eddie Lamb speak is, is this Ezra Fitz? Yes, yes. Um, which I think that this is an interesting Ezra episode. Because of this tie back. Because Ezra is like cleaning out his apartment and like Spencer shows up and they have kind of like a moment about crazy families. Right. Because basically Ezra is putting away all the stuff and storage that he, all his boxes and boxes of research to write the alley book. And he confides in Spencer that, you know, I wasn't even a wasn't even the book I was going to write. I was going to write about my family, about how, like, my parents turned out to be, like, people we didn't think they were, or, you know, something yeah. like that, which is weird, and that's the note I had, too, is, like, I mean, yeah, Spencer and Ezra connect on, like, yeah, family shit's fucked up, right? And they, you know, like, high-five, theoretically, but but I always felt like this was such a, I mean, now, I guess, we see it as a red herring, or maybe it's something that they had to change course a little bit after the fans revolted, and after they more or less moved up the CCA reveal an entire 12 episodes, mm-hmm. like a whole half season to get, you know, expedite the reveal. But it just, I, one of the, you know, I won't say many things because I will always be pro PLL, obviously. But one of the things that I will always be disappointed about is that they didn't delve into Ezra's, that they didn't dig into Ezra's family and show how it was somehow intertwined into the bigger picture. Because there's so many, like, little red herrings. Literally what and, I like, wrote. Right? I just, like, it just makes me, I feel like it's just so interesting. Because Ezra was writing the book about his family and how his parents weren't who they think they are. And what, what and kind I of just fuck feel like, were they, Ezra? Well, the thing is, is, like, Yes, you could be like, okay, that's the thing that happens when you become an adult. I think a lot of times is that you don't realize, you don't see your parents as humans. You see your parents as, like, these infallible, you know, guardians of you. And then as you grow up, you realize, oh, they're just doing the best they can like everyone else in this world. And you watch your friends have kids or whatever, and you're just like, oh, okay, it like, you don't need a superpower. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, you are a superpower person if you have children and you're doing it well. That's very difficult. I don't mean to, like, short sight right. that, but I just think it's funny that, like, is that what we're supposed to take it as? But it feels so loaded. Right. You know, like, what happened in the divorce? He and his brother found stuff out. Like, right. what did they find? Right, yeah. Was it just that they were they had an open marriage and then dad took it too far? And right, but like what they—they they just, just seems like a secret family. They set it's probably secret family. It always is, and they just yeah they set it up through the whole multiple seasons of like it being something dark and secretive about the Fitzgeralds and you know the secret child that his mom hid and paid off to hide, and you know she's trying to pay off Ari to get the fuck out of town. It's just like. It just seems like there was so much more to learn about the Fitzgeralds. And you know what? We all have to come to terms with the fact that there wasn't. So Well, that kind of goes to one of our listener questions, which we'll go back to the episode. But real quick, it goes into uh, at Sarah A. Khan. S-A-R-A-H-A-C-O-N on Twitter. A-C-O-N. I immediately went A-Khan, like A-K-O-N, like slap that. Out on the floor, slap that. No, uh, capital A, capital C, like A con. Got it. All right. Uh, She asked, uh, she wanted to know more about what we thought about Ezra 
and what you think the show thinks of him. And in the end, will the show see him as a predator or a love interest? I mean, that's very Which interesting. It's just a fact. Thank you, Sarah, for Thank this question. You, this is totally she really, like, like cut to the fucking heart of it. She yeah. Wasn't. And it, it it was funny because we were kind of like, what episode should we do? Uh, and like this didn't seem like a very Ezra episode. And then when we were watching, I was just like, it was. that's what I want from Ezra. I want Ezra to somehow be involved in Allie's story mm-hmm. to make it all make sense mm-hmm. and tie together and kind of. You know, if we're going to forgive him for being this predator of a teacher, is it because something happened to him, too, and he's, they've all got this stronger connection than we even knew? Yeah. Because I I feel like, you know, it wasn't the book that he wanted to write, but I feel like those stories have to have some connecting line. And that's where I kept thinking of Sarah's question, and I was just like, what if... They're all together, but I do, I mean, do we think that Ezra and Arya are going to end up together? Do we think that, like, all the pairings are going to end up together? I don't know. I think that Ezra and Arya will end up together. I feel like Marlene, in her mind, is like, that's end game. I think so. What do you think? I kind of think, I, I mean, I can see the, you know. But does that mean that? Sorry to cut you off. No. But does that mean that, like, he was a, a pure love interest? Or is there something, like, because he did prey on the girls. Like, I just don't know how you can, like, end up with somebody who was stalking you and was never true to you from the beginning. Like, it's true. It's fucked up. There's no question. But I feel like, in my personal opinion... I feel like this show is mm-hmm. trying to set a tone that no matter what, and sort of like, yes, there's These two fucked have up a shit. connection. Yes. It's almost sort of just like written in the stars. Okay. And through whatever, they're mm-hmm. like, in the purest part of their souls is destined. And all the other stuff is just like in the way. I mean, they can't get away from each other. Yeah. It's true. They are constantly drawn back to one another. Yeah. They're, they're writing a book together. Right. I mean, there is so much intimacy between Ezra and Arya's characters that yeah. aren't, like... Right. You know, it's not just, like, sexual-based. Oh, my God. Sue's food is here. Go ahead and get it, girl. I want to eat some. Of course you are. I was so excited that you ordered food that I have to admit the entire time that we were doing this, I was just like, I can't wait for Sue's food. <laughs> also eat it. Um, anyway, there's more stuff about PLL that we can talk about while my food's getting delivered. Absolutely. I thought it was interesting that, um, and this is actually because I must confess I watched this episode not too long ago, just at home one night, but, um, in hindsight I put it together, I'm sure it means nothing, but I just was like, oh, it's one of those interesting little, not really an illusion, but in my mind I was like, it could have been. Um, Arya is in... Big Rhonda's room, like, talking about how, you know, Rhonda's like, you stole the fucking pickers, bitch, and Arya's like, yeah, and then, uh, she's like, Big Rhonda's like, you know what happens to thieves, they cut up their hands, what you gonna do with no hands, little girl, and I was like, oh, well, foreshadowing of Sarah Harvey having no hands, oh, I mean, like, probably not, but that's the first thing came to mind, right, very nice, what you gonna do with little, with no hands, little girl, yeah. That's very nice. I was like, I don't know. I saw Harvey. Okay. We did a short break to eat pita and mozzarella sticks. Which so delicious. we're um, fully satiated and super healthy. And super drunk. <laughs> in, in your world, you it was instantaneous. Like one second went by. In our world, we like Wait. drank and ate for an hour. So now we're in a, a great place. So where do we leave I off? Got, I think I got like hummus in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds delicious. <laughs> um, well, I don't think we've talked about the Hannah Caleb uh, <gasps> portion of this episode, yeah. which I'd like to seeing as I'm wearing my Caleb Forever sweatshirt. I love that you are. Which, like, I was walking down the street to your apartment today, and I was just like, "Am I wearing this ironically now? Because I'm kind of more Team Spalob, or like I'm just Team Hala Caleb, like." 
Because I was just like, I don't know if I even want this anymore. And then I watched this episode. Then I watched this episode, and I was just like, I do love Hannah and Caleb together. Because this is like post Ravenswood, where like Caleb's like a lot of things went like happened when I was gone. Like I had a completely different story arc. Like it was just like very awkward between them and. But, like, he was also, like, I'll always be there for you. I'll always care for you. And it's just, it was very sweet, very loving. But, like, part of me is, like, I could see them not ending up together. And I could see them ending up together. Right. I feel like I'd be fine either way. Right. Oh, apparently I've done 10,000 steps, but I haven't walked in, like, an hour. Oh, so maybe just, like, the excitement about PLL is, like, generating into your I think it's just my, uh, hand gestures. I think being Italian has helped my Fitbit. Fitbit is, like, I was just walking. (laughs) And you were like, no, I just watched... No, I'm just talking with my hands. I'm talking about Caleb. Can you dig it? (laughs) Fitbit? Um, but they make out again, and, um, I kind of loved it. It was sweet. Yeah, I'm fine with it. At this point, I mean, like, I'm still mad about them cheat making out in this uh, last season, but yeah, I'm fine with them making out right now. That's great. Good for them. I'm glad Caleb's back from Ravenswood. It's just a yeah. happy time. Um, but then Hannah comes back to Spencer's house because Spencer sends out an SOS because she was tracking... Um, the backyard where Melissa was staying in the barn because she thought Melissa had something to do with it. Right. Which is another thing that I'm like, Ezra was just like, maybe we should just leave this alone. Right. And I was just like, Spencer, why aren't you listening to him? This is the man who's been watching everything. Right. I think he's telling you that your sister's not it involved. Matter, yeah. Like, whatever your sister's done isn't part of what's going on. Right. That's what I took it as. I was just like, oh, he's being like, this isn't a thing. Don't worry about her. But then she inadvertently catches Allie sneaking out wearing a totally different outfit. Right. She's um, Which I think, like, sent twin theory through the roof. Right. And she just kind of was, like, lurking. And everyone was talking about it. And Hannah walks in. Everyone being Emily, Aria, and Spencer. Right. And then Hannah walks in. And they're like, did you get the text? And she was like, no. And they're like, check your phone. And she's like, still no. And they were like, oh, well, it says that, like, Allie's got, Allie's not saying everything about New York and Hannah's got loose lips or whatever. Right, whatever it was. And it's because she told Floppy Lips, sorry, uh, Tanuki just, like, so earnestly jumped up on the table. He was like, I got something to say about the text. Um, I think he just wants our dips. It's probably true. But yeah, Hannah let it slip to Floppy Loves Mickey Felicia that (laughs) shit happened in New York or whatever. Yeah, over a panini. And everyone's Um, pissed. Which, they don't even know yet, but they're already like, oh, it's your drinking. Which they were also ridiculous about. Everybody was mad at Hannah's drinking, and I'm like, drunk Hannah's so fun, though, girls, and you're so judgmental. Also, Emily, you... Blacked out drunk and dug up a grave. Yeah. Hannah got so a hi. little tipsy during a dinner and read Allie to filth like she should have been read. Yeah. Hi, pot calling the kettle. That's what, like, fuck off, Emily. Making Hannah feel bad for drinking and defending fucking Allison. You sociopath. I, this is like the season... Maybe that I hate Hannah, or I'm sorry, Emily the most. Just defending Allie. And it's just interesting. Like a fucking worthless cunt. It's just like, get your, look at your life, look at your choices. Well, it's interesting though, because the last episode that we watched for Cabernet and A was an episode where Emily was really empowered and wasn't taking anybody's shit. Which is amazing. And this episode, she's just taking Allie's shit again and willing to like lie to her mom and like cover for Allie. And it's just like, we see such a weaker side of Emily that it does. It makes you really angry when you're like, I know you could be more than this. I know that your depth is better, but you're just letting love cloud your insight. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. And also, uh, when Hannah goes over and Allison are over for popovers at Emily's house, 
she says one of the best lines ever. Hannah knows what Hannah, Hannah means. Yeah. Hannah knows what Hannah means. Just so good. It's also a moment where, like, it's just one of those ridiculous moments of PLL where you're like, all right, so they're in one scene talking about how there's bodies in every backyard, and the next scene, Emily's mom's just leaving the liquor cart out on yeah, the, on the, on the front porch. I just leave the door open and fight the neighborhood over for popovers. Like, I was just like, why is there vodka unattended on your porch? So good. Because, like, if that's a thing in Rosewood, ding dong. Right. <laughs> like, Sue Fong's visiting your neighborhood. <laughs> which I did. But um, we will talk about that in a second. This episode also dealt... The A scene is Ella's wedding invite, which I th- thought was interesting because I turned to Chelsea and I was just like, A just is all about Ella's weddings. Totally. Can't get enough. Nope. Like Tanuki and the Dips. Yeah, <laughs> just Tanuki's covering. Tanuki's um, covering in the Dips. But, uh, so we know that A showed up in season 6B at Ella and Byron's remarriage. Yep. But... Uh, A was already uh, trying to, to take Pam Fields' invitation to her other wedding to uh, proposal in What's two languages. Zach? Zach. Uh, Zach attack? S- star of one episode of Fuller House. Can I backtrack a minute? The only, mm-hmm. other, the only other thing I feel like I want to talk about this episode before we get to the fan tweets is Bethany's drawing. Yes. I mean, like... I don't know what to say about them, though. I mean, like, she drew a picture of Mrs. D watering roses and a demon, like, rising out of the fucking ground. And that's the one that Eddie Lamb gave to her. Right. Which I think is telling because that's where Mrs. D was buried and there was some sort of demon. And if we're to believe that Bethany's the one that pushed... Mrs. D. No, Marion. Who's the demon that's so much worse than her? That's the thing. Like, who? Wh- what or is she an inner demon? And then, like, the demon's also taking um, a boy, boy away from, from a girl. House. A boy away from the girl. So maybe. What does that mean? Yeah, so there's a demon coming out of the ground and Mrs. D watering roses. And then there's a demon running away with the. Holding a boy and a little girl running after. And then there's like I'm a sorry, therapy these- session with like a girl and a, I don't know, dad and a mom or a mistress which we find out in the tapes is like Bethany's mom or Bethany's dad was supposedly banging whoever was taking her in and out of Radley which we all thought was Mrs. D. Maybe it was Mary. Maybe Bethany knew Mary in Radley. Maybe Bethany was drawing pictures of Mary, not Mrs. D, and was fucking pissed at yeah. Mary this whole time. But maybe Mary was her, you know, new mom. But who was the fucking... The, I think the one that's the most interesting is the demon running away with a little boy. With a little girl. Charles. But who's the demon? The demon is just like... Sexual fluidity, like taking, like, <laughs> who's the fucking demon? Um, I think that if these pictures, if when the last episode of PLL rolls, if we cannot go back and look at Bethany's drawings and be like, oh, yes, then fuck everybody. Wow, it's so specific, it's so <laughs> fucking specific. A You're demon right. running away with a little boy. Chased by a little girl and a demon coming out of the fucking ground with Mrs. D planting roses. Like, it's so Right where she was buried. If it doesn't make total sense in hindsight, then, like, everybody die in a fire. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe Bethany was just psychic. And she saw that Marianne was going to fall. And she knew that Mrs. D was going to die. And she knew that Charles was going to be taken from his home and become a little girl. I don't know. I don't know, guys. That was a, that was a long walk around the block. I don't know. It was, but, you know. Should we get some of the fan tweets? Yes, there were so many great okay, tweets, guys. So I asked you guys what we should talk about or what we should watch. And um, you guys answered, and it was really some great discussion. 
Um, so Tom McNabb, LGBT Tom. Oh yeah, hi Tom. Um, he said, talk about the fact that Gilmore Girls has the WB backlot right. until June. So it's unlikely we're going to, excuse me, unlikely we're going to see the church in 7A, which means we're not going to find out what happened to Charlotte until the second half of season seven. Tom, I will tell you firsthand, I was on the WB oh, lot. Oh, um, at a time where no one was supposed to be in that area because not only is it set for Gilmore Girls, um, and also PLL, right. but it was where the MTV Movie Awards was. Oh, right. <laughs> so, like, that was a section of the tour that no one was allowed to see at all. Um, but I went there because a friend of the podcast, Sarah Eplar, took Shout me there, and we, we we hung out in Rosewood, and you could see us on Instagram by the church where everybody dies. Yes. And if you notice, the church where everybody dies still looks just like the PLL church. And while we were on the lot, I checked my Instagram because I was putting up the video, and Sasha Pearson, it was like a Friday afternoon that I was there. Was like, I love my job because I get to act like a crazy person and posted a picture of her being crazy. Yeah. And season seven hadn't, was supposed to roll, start rolling on Monday. So that means that they already started rolling, I guess. Because they had a, they they have a sound studio too. Right. So I think that they can still shoot because there's multiple things being shot at the same time at the lot. Because last time I was there, they were just wrapping 6B, and um, oddly enough, Shameless uh, films right next door, and there's, like, a diner down the block. Like, there's so many things that are shot there, right, like, kind of simultaneously, because there's so many different, um, what do you call it? There's those little studios on the lot that, right. that people can film in that... I, I do believe that we could still find the church and we could still yeah. do it. Because I think it's just a quick thing where they could, like, run in and do it. Right. The other thing that was interesting for Gilmore Girls fans is a little... No one... Yeah. I, I didn't go on a guided tour, so I don't know what I can say and can't say. Um, there was the dance studio from Bunheads what? set up, and Sutton Foster Bunheads. is going to be on Gilmore Girls, and Gilmore Girls and Bunheads was written by the same person, which, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, great writer, great uh, producer and showrunner, um, but I was wondering if those worlds are going to collide, because I don't remember a dance studio in Gilmore Girls. Right. But the mother of Gilmore Girls was the dance studio leader in Bunheads. And I know she's back for the Gilmore Girls. So that would be like a weird kind of run-in. But it could be like something where it's just a quick cameo. Where like they pass the studio. They see Sutton. She says something. Like it could be something like a quick nod and a wink to Bunheads. So um, I just thought that was really... Very interesting. It is interesting. Uh, so, because Sarah and I were walking and she was just like, I don't remember this studio from Gilmore Girls. And I was like, I remember it from Bunheads. Right. What, what? Um, super tiny. I just, I love the magic of TV where, like, things look so much smaller and then they look, like, so giant on camera. Um, but, yeah, we walked around Rosewood for a little bit. Um, Luke's diner wasn't set up. It looked like everything was kind of in transition. Okay. I've already seen daily, like, um, episodic photos of Gilmore Girls. So Gilmore Girls could have technically already wrapped, or they could be, like, in a studio now, and they've already done their lot scenes. Also, a lot of outdoor stuff isn't being shot right now because it's been super rainy. Really? In LA. Well, at least whenever I'm there, of course. Sorry, LA. Um, yeah, like the time that the, the past few huge rains that they've had, I've been there for. Oh, no. Yeah, so you're welcome. I'm solving the drought. <laughs> um, when you go to LA and you're from New York, people try and convert you to move there. 
And I was telling someone, well, I bring the rain. And they were like, we need the rain. You're going to solve the drought if you move here. And I was like, that's a lot to put on my shoulders. <laughs> anyway, um, another uh, fan friend, Kara Freewind, wrote, how come the police never cared or investigated who killed Mrs. D? No one in Rosewood cared. I think about it all the time. Yeah, they didn't even, like, try to investigate. There was just no big deal. Like, I feel like with Allie's disappearance, we see all this media blitz, all these newspapers. Right. The house that Toby lived in blows up. See it on the front page. We don't see a news report. We don't hear it from, like, the um, guy who plays the news reporter on every show. Right. Uh, the guy who's on Purd from Parks and Rec oh, who was also on Scandal who was also on that episode of PLL when he was interviewing uh, the writer of the books right 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 remember Sarah, yeah. yeah Sarah so um, you're not wrong Kara 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 I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing um, Ms. Freewind <laughs> uh, that's an excellent point and it's really very interesting, especially since this is someone who we know is super rich. Right. Like, that's something that, like, writes itself. I feel like that would be, like, something that you would watch on Dateline, Chelsea. Oh, Dateline Real Life Mysteries. Shout out to Lester Holt. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, there was a Dateline about my hometown that was on your DVR, and it was yeah. amazing. It was crazy. I that. It was, like, blocks away from where I grew up. So it was crazy. so they were like, in a quiet town, Garden City. And I was like, ah, that's where I'm from. And it is a quiet little town. Um, and then uh, just an hour ago, Beep Beep, otherwise known as OMGMIA, uh, tweeted us, where have we seen Mrs. D's twin before? I wonder what episodes we should go back to rewatch to find her. I don't know where to begin. I mean, like, I'm still so undecided on this whole issue of Mrs. D slash Mary. I, I really I don't think even we're know. already facing it with this episode with Bron- Big Ronda yeah. and like, and Bethany's book of like, how do we tell? And then we're also like, all right, so. Mary has dark hair. Mrs. D has lighter hair. And I always thought it was very interesting when Mrs. D was freaking out on Cece being back that she had, like, these kind of, like, blonde streaks in her hair that were, like, big and chunky. Yeah. And, like, just very pronounced and very different from what she'd ever done. So I I don't know where to begin. I don't know where it ends. I, I just don't know. Beep, beep. I'm sorry. Beep, beep. Um, and then Carolina Roddy. At Rodney underscore H-O-L-L-E-Y writes, Troyan's directing a season seven episode. This is so fucking awesome. Which is the spiciest. We're very excited. And there's the potential return of Jenna and Paige. So let's, let's, let's do one at a time. We love Spencer directing, Troyan directing. I think... She has it in her blood. I mean, her, the Belisarios, great producer, directors. I think that her, um, you know, we, we sometimes say that Troyan is a little too serious. Right. But I think that will make her an amazing director. I think I her episode's going to be really interesting. She's got a lot of great help on that set. There's a lot of great professionals. And I think she's lived on set all her life, so... I'm excited to see this episode. I'm excited, too. I can't believe... Wait, where did this, like, information come out that she's... Carolina Roddy. This is so exciting. Um, Good for Spencer. And then they also write... So, the returns of Jenna and Paige. Jenna, what do you think? Do I think Jenna's coming back? No. Do you think so? If Jenna comes back, I think it would just be to close the story of her just not meaning as much as we thought. Right. I think if Jenna comes back, she'd be there to kind of be like, 
it was never me and fuck you for blinding me right and fuck you for thinking that right because that girl has every right to tell those girls to fuck off and after everything we've seen i mean she's done nothing like maybe she was shauna's like ringleader but even that like nothing happened right um, Paige, I oh would God, rather Paige. Paige than Shower Harvey. Really? Yes. I think that, uh, I think that Paige is growing as an actress the more and more I see her, and I think that it would be an interesting thing to see where Paige has been all these, this time. California page coming back. I think it would be interesting to also see Paige's perspective on what's happened because you think about it, like, here are these girls who all left after college. Right. Didn't really come home. Came home for this court case that they kind of lost in a way because Charlotte gets released. Right. And... Then Charlotte dies, and then they're pulled back into this horrible town. I feel like as someone who's left the town and comes back and sees this, it would be like, why would you ever come back? And I feel like she'd try and take Emily away. Mm. And I feel like it would be an interesting thing to see how Emily would react to Paige at this point. Yeah. Because, you know, she's had so much good and bad relationships, and yes... I totally agree. Again, like, that relationship, the foundation was horrible. Right. But if Arya's going to end up with Fitz, why shouldn't Emily end up with Paige? Because if you think about it... Oh, God, that's such a horrible revelation to me. I guess you're not wrong, but Jesus Christ. It wasn't like... Okay, so yes, she tried to drown him. Yes, (laughs) she turned in her former lover to the police. Right. All of it was out of love in a way. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, and we all still the fucking worst. I think shower is worse, yeah. and I think that's the thing that kind of what is shower significance to all of this? Yeah, we never know. Shower, shower, Harvey, really, Bethany. And does that mean that we've had three false IDs in this fucking grave or, like, two false IDs and the third one's a charm? Like, I... That would be so disappointing. Where does Shower fit in? Uh, We better find out next season or else, like, all hope is lost. I don't know. It's also interesting that there's been... um, a lot of speculation that, you know, the show, Pretty Little Liars, as we know it, is over after season seven. Right. But it could come back with new characters. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're very much, like, making it, like, well, maybe it'll be, like, 90210, the new right. class. Or, like, maybe right. it's, you know. Will we keep watching? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, I love this show still. Like, going back and watching today, I feel like even during our break, we were saying, like, wow, this this show really still gets us. Yeah. And, like, we're still taking it super seriously. Absolutely. But, yeah, in the near season, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would be open to a reboot. I'd be open. I don't know if I'd do a podcast about it. Yeah. Which, so, well, right. Should we say what we're going to... What? What we said we were going to do after season seven. What did we say? I don't even know. What did we say? So, So, people have asked us, I think, fans and also, like, friends, what are you going to do when the show ends? Are you going to stop doing this podcast? Just move to Turks and Caicos and live your life. (laughs) No. uh, We talked about maybe doing Cabernet and a... TV show. TV show, yeah, 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 yeah. Where we yeah. look at different TV shows, yeah, and dissect them and yeah. do different episodes of TV shows. So, for 
for those of you who stay till the end, you just found out what's happening Sneaky. at the end. If you're into that, let us know. Yeah. If you guys would stay in with us, I think that we'd be into it because we do love talking about TV. We yeah. do love watching TV. And we love as you can out tell, yeah, this has been. I think this was a good episode until maybe the last, like, ten minutes. I'm definitely, like, fading because I've drank a bottle of wine at this point. Also, I'm scared that we're almost out because I want to drink more. But But there's vodka. Oh, there's vodka (laughs) and whiskey. So, Um, in conclusion, you guys. We love you guys so much. much. You guys asked the best questions. Did I ask everyone's questions? Let me just double check because I don't, like, I just love that you guys were so, like, here are great questions that you can talk about. Like, that was so wonderful that you guys amazing. jumped in last second on a Tuesday night. Um, and if you're the guy, Reggie, who plays Eddie Lamb, we're worried about you. Or if you know you. him, please just, like... Check in with us. We want to know what's happening with you. And next week, Sue, I don't even know if you remember, but we're going to have one of our fun Bridge Season episodes where we bring a PLL virgin in to watch the show with us. Wait, what? What happened? Is Reggie alive? Yes, and he's tweeting about being on Agent Carter. Oh, so he's alive, Reggie. Reggie's alive and on Agent Carter, so let him know. Okay. But yeah, next week, um, next week, Virgin, is coming uh, out. Virgin for PLL. Virgin for PLL. <laughs> Selena Copics. Selena Copics. Good she'll friend be of ours uh, is going to come here and watch an episode. Guys, what episode should we make Selena watch yeah. who's never seen PLL? At all. Tweet at us. Let us know. Yeah. We should make her watch. It'll be a good, it'll be a good episode, I think. She's from Boston. She's hilarious. She's a very uh, well-known and established female comedian. Selena Kopic, look her up and get ready for that fun episode because yeah, it's going to be amazing. it'll be so fun. So we'll we're going to get guys drunk. Know. Yeah, we're going to keep drinking. <laughs> More drunk than we are right now. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye! Love you, bitches! Would anyone like a glass of Cabernet?